Clubhouse. Welcome to Decorating the Set from Hollywood to Your Home with your hosts, Beth Kushnick and Caroline Daly. Welcome to Decorating the Set. I'm Caroline. Hey, Beth. Hey, Caroline. How are you doing? I am super excited because today we're going to talk about our international listeners and delve a little bit into the different decorating styles around the world. Beth, this is super exciting. It is because we've been hearing from so many fans in so many different exotic places. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to take a look into how they're doing with their COVID living and new designs and ideas. I'm really excited. I know with both the podcast and your Instagram at Beth Kushnick, there's been like a bunch of international followers that have been asking us questions, showing some of their design concepts. It's weird because it's like we're all dealing with the same issues, but people are handling it in different ways. It's true. Although there are some similarities, primarily, I think what I've been seeing is, you know, the concept of bringing nature into your home and streamlining your environments so they can all serve the different needs that we all have now living, learning, and working together. So this episode is my kind of shout out to some of those countries and a look at design trends around the world. So in addition to regularly appearing on the Apple Podcast Top 250 charts for TV and film and design in the U.S. and Canada, our podcast, Decorating the Set Bath, I don't even know if you realize this, but it has been an international hit since premiering last summer. And some of our charting includes reaching number 35 in Japan. That's super exciting because I super look at inspiration in Japan. I think that they're remarkable. As well as number 54 in Denmark, 68 in France, and we're frequently in the top 250 in Morocco, Italy, Pakistan, Uzbekistan, and Australia. You guys, shout out to all of you for listening all over the world. That's amazing. It is. In season one, when we first started, it was so startling to see how international we became so quickly. I sort of took that and the response that we were getting as a indicator to keep going with this. And it's something that I'm really enjoying and we're going to continue with because everyone's still trying to even more so than ever up the ante in their living spaces. What are some of the international design trends that you're observing, you know, incorporating some of the COVID concerns or just generally what's going on around the world? I think what's going on around the world now is that we've hit this point to where we're having our year anniversary with COVID and people's Outlooks are shifting. Certainly the vaccine all over the world is making everyone feel positive. But I I think people are now kind of out of the shock of it so much and now into the concept of really incorporating COVID-related ideas into how they live. What I'm seeing a lot is people want to continue with 
the idea of well-ventilated homes, airy spaces, and how to continue to stay safe, not stop with your masks and your gloves and your hand sanitizer, still keeping those areas working in your entryways. There's really this big trend that's continuing with enjoying some kind of nature. And if you don't have an outdoor space, taking the time to get outdoors and then coming back and appreciating your home the way it's been, people are really spending time thinking about decor. There are companies that are working on overdrive to produce and ship products. The home decor industry is just massive now post the start of COVID. There are really a lot of things to learn and do, whether it's in the United States or abroad. I feel like I've seen so many advertisements now. You know, they kind of, they'll go this one like tongue in cheek route where it's like, could you imagine quarantining in this home? There's actual billboards on the highway that say that now for home builders. And I also know that like our real estate around me is just popping. People want to get out of apartments get into some homes, get into some places that have maybe, maybe they're in a smaller home and they're ready for more space. I, it makes me really wonder how it's going to change the, the design of homes, but so curious about how they're doing it around the world. Beth, England plays such a large part of your interactions with fans. Your first COVID-related interview was with Not the Director's Chair, which was a blog about film and television design by Jade Scott who actually resides in Coventry, England. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience and and what you got out of it, what's going on over in England and, you know, basically how they feel about your design work? Yes, I had the opportunity to do that interview and it came at a really interesting point for me because as I was talking with Jade and she was really focusing on talking about my podcast and how I would be, if possible, we didn't even know then if we were able to go back to work in the film and television business in New York. But it really, for the first time, got me thinking in a really solid visual way about COVID, about how we're living, you know, that we're all becoming innovators in our own spaces, in our own worlds, because we're just recreating our lives to apply to everything that we've had to take in workspace live space schooling space yeah necessity is the mother of invention like it feels that way right in every home aren't we like digging stuff out there like this will work better if i use this yes and as a designer i'm always learning and discovering new ways of working i wanted our audience to understand that they can break the rules a little bit in their own designs i realize that a podcast about design can be a hard thing. We have listeners about a visual medium, but that's why I make my offer and it still stands to DM me with pictures and questions and keep them coming. It's a way that you can visualize things by downloading the podcast while you're driving. And, you know, the advice is always there not to pressure anybody to change, but just to allow for little adjustments and the space to evolve. And I really came out of that interview and felt like the podcast was something to pull all of my assets that I can offer together. In terms of the design aesthetic over in England, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, now we're seeing so much tradition 
traditional and period design with all these shows that everybody's binge watching, like Bridgerton and The Queen's Gambit and shows that speak to a certain period. One of the differences between the United States and all these different countries that we're discussing is that most of the work overseas does have a bit of a traditional base. That's something in England that takes place, the value of antiques, of family heirlooms, all those things tend to play into a rich, layered, eclectic kind of design. When I think of your design, I think there's that classic element. It doesn't necessarily have to be traditional in my in my mind, but classic. You know, you're going to have these things that aren't necessarily, you know, subscribing to any trend in particular. And, and to me, boy, does that speak to England. And like, you know, we are who we are and we've got our classic taste. You know, we can layer in the trend now and then, but but there's a very, I want to say almost like sturdy <laughs> foundation I there. I agree completely. Yes. The other interesting thing that I can tell you across the board studying some of these countries that have been coming our way and uh, have become listeners is that there is a built-in solid craftsmanship and beauty to the architecture itself. So you're almost starting the jewel box with, you know, most of it complete. It's already just in of its architecture and space and, say, height of ceilings and special kind of hardware and transoms over windows and doors. All those things, like you just look at these spaces completely empty and they're really a thing of beauty to start with. And I think that plays into why some of them are more spare than what we're used to in the United States. They're filled with decor that's very specifically chosen. Well, in many ways, very practical, right? Practical, but also just kind of lean, you know, like each piece is chosen for what that piece is. So it's not like going and buying, as you know, I'm not a fan of, a suite of furniture. It really is taking each beautiful piece and, you know, just the way that they're combined and used and put together. As a matter of fact, part of what we'll be talking about soon in our spring episode is just about looking at each thing as an individual piece, you know, just looking at a new bench or a new chair, not a whole overhaul, but these moments. And that's what a lot of this design from different countries includes. Moments, corners, you know, special curated objects. You're so hitting the nail on the head when it comes to the space that they've already been given a lot of times in in different countries. You know, in America, it's very common to basically get like a white box. But, Uh you know, if you're in England, you know, you're going to hopefully get some architectural details. You're going to get some archways here or there. You're going to get some nice woodwork, some things that actually have a style and a characteristic, you know, that you don't want to just cover up with everything. It's true. I mean, you you start with the architecture. Now, you know, there are plenty of ways that we've talked about in different podcasts to enhance to United States little white boxes, um, you know, hang your curtains above the windows and make the ceiling height higher and placement of furniture more in the middle of the room versus 
you know, shoved up against the wall. It's it's a, a certain aesthetic that seems to be, you know, an element that's kind of in everyday life in a lot of these countries. You know, it's an aesthetic in the food, in the clothing, in the gardening. It all has a kind of elevated aesthetic in the most functional and simple way. Yeah. When you say the garden, that really that really reminds me because, you know, it's it's fascinating. English gardens have this look of it that both has this wildness and yet rigidity that is like yes. kind of funny. Like they have really sharp, crisp lines, but then these almost like wild looking roses and stuff that are just coming from every direction. Yeah. When you think of all the topiary and yeah. it's all so managed, but then there's just, you know, wild roses and ivy dripping and when you think of this international aesthetic it just reads so quickly that you're not in a basic place and yet all the basic elements of what they have to offer are used it's very finely tuned it feels very lived in as well like like going back to those gardens or or but anyone's home also has this sense of of layers and history like you don't just make this garden in a day you know this has been seasons and seasons and seasons of different flowers that have grown in on each other and and there's this sense of just weaving together over time that i think that that your design aesthetic does beautifully is you know trying to weave together the old and the new You know, there are more streamlined styles. For instance, a new emerging design trend is something called Japandi, which is a combination of Japan and Scandinavian styles. So it's like a hybrid that combines modern Japanese style, rustic atmospheres of Scandinavian design. And it puts the two countries together, which is really, really interesting because alone, they're both so fantastic. They're logical and they're visually pleasing. Also, in their own way, involve a certain history of style. Their culture is defined by a lot of the furniture styles. Yes, absolutely. The trends of this whole you know, whether you call it Japandi or it's it's an aesthetic, a European aesthetic. There are some really specific trends that I'm going to go through. They're more than just in those two countries. In a way, I think they're kind of the, the top elements of this European style that's not as layered, let's say, as England, but it, uh, very much what you see in a classic European styled house or apartment. So Beth, break down the elements of Japandi for our listeners, because I'm sure this is something that they're like, tell me more. I can feel them leaning into their headsets right now. (laughs) Yeah, lean in because I think this is very cool and very easy to incorporate into any of our homes. And I think with like some great results, we're going to feel like, yes, this, this looks fantastic. Yes, absolutely. You know, we've been living with now a magnifying glass on our homes. Everybody's 
at home and inside a lot. They're noticing every little paint chip that needs help. And gee, I really have always thought I like that lampshade, but now I really can't stand it. If you're going to start to replace just certain elements here and there, these terms, these elements that are a part of this new kind of style are things to think about. Primarily being the functionalism. You know, whatever strict style that you like, practicality is a part of that. When you're now redoing things and living in a different way, in a different kind of functioning, multi-functioning level environment, thinking about functionalism is very important. So what does that mean to people? What what does it mean to, to utilize functionalism? I think it's uh, a simplicity of forms, straight lines, rounded shapes. Skip the filigree. <laughs> Skip the over the top. Exactly. Skip the over the top, especially for the first grounding layer, for the, the floor plan, for the furnishings. When you want to get into something more involved or complicated, do it in items that can easily be replaced in another season or changed out to a higher price or lower priced item. It's not like you're going crazy and getting rid of everything, but if you're acquiring something really think about the lines of it, the look of it, the longevity of it. The good bones, if you will. Yeah. In this situation and what we are finding, what I've seen in the Japan D style is natural colors, eco interior colors. And that really like leans into your, your nature stuff, right? Right. It means bringing nature in. And this is something that can be done with painting a wall or a room, a similar sky blue if you if you have a view to the sky. And maybe it's not even the actual sky blue. It's a little off that, but it just pushes the vision, pushes the eye to see past and outside those windows. It can be done with color in terms of paint. It can be done with basic neutral shades and natural woods. The other thing that the efficiency of functionalism seems to bring is organized storage. Baskets, boxes are used to a minimum because there are built-in storage systems, all made of natural materials, beautiful wood. That is uh, reminiscent to me of a very Japanese style. As a matter of fact, there are even these wood boxes with storage and room for books that were such a classic style. They've been around for 30, 40 years that people would use kind of on the side of their stairwell. And they were always built in a size, you know, where you would build them up like step up boxes Mm -hmm. and create a whole kind of wall in that space that's not necessarily available for other big use. That's not usually where your chairs go or your sofa goes. But again, these kind of beautiful moments of storage that are simple and streamlined and they look built in. 
Can you explain a little bit to people? Because I feel like, you know, uh, there was a, there's a big wave of like, let's get everything into containers. Let's buy, you know, six baskets that are all the same or whatever. Yeah. So what, how is this different? How can you explain how this is like a step beyond that? It's a step beyond a, because it's, it's much more similar to a piece of furniture. My theory and feeling about the boxes and baskets is they really help you when they're all the same or when they can sit in an enclosed existing piece of furniture or on a windowsill, an enclosed space where they fit very well in a bookcase where, again, you're not jumbling the visual by having so when you're combining and mixing all these boxes plastic metal fabric uh square round in a way yes it's more organized because you put the kids toys in them and you put your desk in a box uh from your daily workload or your kids studying load but now you've got another whole visual jumble of different metal, wood, fabric, different materials, different colors. And I think sometimes it can make you feel even more unorganized. Okay. So when you're ready to move past that, what are we looking for? You're looking for organized storage. So even if you can't afford or you don't have access to this vibe of built-in storage... Although I, I can tell you there are even the cheapest foldable shelving unit. I have one in my daughter's room. It's all white and I have matching baskets that fit perfectly on it. Already that feels organized because it's simple, white, fades away. The baskets are all the same. You don't see what's in them. It just puts everything in a streamlined form. When you're looking for boxes or baskets... Buy two or more. Buy in even numbers. And take a tape measure and see what you can fit in your existing furniture, in your existing bookcases, on the windowsill, you know, at, at the end of, or the sides of your bed. Even in a two matching nightstands, which I'm not such a fan of, but I am, <laughs> when they both have room in a bottom shelf and they have matching baskets in them. Nice. Okay, so then if I'm looking for a built-in storage piece, something that has organization within the piece of furniture... I'd say any place that you have existing openings that can okay. be filled with organizational decor. My opinion is always to pick a color or pick a neutral and get more than one, you know, whatever can fit into that area or unit and have it be the same. And that brings together this clean, organized storage to anybody who needs it. And I think we all need some more good old <laughs> organized storage. Oh my gosh, we do. Okay, so what kind of materials am I looking for? Well, here's the thing that just struck me the most. This is something that I just live for. I, I love this concept that in the Japandi style, they recognize and encourage something called light imperfection, which means that whether it's a plastered wall or a decorative brick or dishes, handmade pottery with small flaws, crafted things like that, where you feel an artisan has had his or her touch 
which I think is a very European vibe and kind of goes back to the architecture supporting so much that solid history feeling. And it feels more collected than manufactured. Correct. It feels more curated, collected over time. It feels like someone else has been there before you. I think that's something that we can translate really easily into our decor, whether it's a beautiful handmade picture that you feature with flowers, or as we said, the dishes, or the, you know, the elements of maybe just one small area of hand plastered or something crafted in your own home, something that feels like it had to be worked on, that hands were involved and it was something that, you know, somebody put a lot of heart into, that can immediately rough up kind of displaying something that is not what's expected. Well, and when we say imperfection, we just really mean like unique and not mass produced. Exactly. Like one of the um, planters I have, one of my plants in is got this beautiful glaze that is totally uneven. There's an area where it almost reads red. There's an area where it almost reads purple. But again, it's it's like that hand-done, hand-glazed. And it comes from a regular big box store. It sits right next to the clay pot, but it is off the beaten path a little unusual and again feels hand done that feels so right into creating what you said not just like a house but a home a feeling of like love and care was taken in in these pieces another country that certainly celebrates artistic expression is morocco believe it or not that is a country where we hear from many fans I love their their super rich colors. When I think of Morocco, I'm thinking like that maroon color, those like saturated colors. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Moroccan homes stand out for their rich color palette. It's uh, warm and inviting, sort of on the contrary to the simple style of Japandi. It's one exceptionally ornate and very embellished. When you think of Morocco, you think of, again, those handmade kinds of scenarios. Beautiful Moroccan tiles, sea blues and green tones, all the incredible Moroccan rugs. I go to like textiles in my mind, you know, like um, like beautiful linens and towels. Exactly. I just saw something the other day as Everyone knows I'm always searching, always looking. (laughs) And it was a simple home, white, beautiful wood banister in the entryway. But the staircase, which was a a substantial straight up and down staircase, had the feeling of two or three different Moroccan rugs in the runner. Not every step was different, say it would run one Moroccan rug or runner would run for two, three, four steps. Then it would be the next one, another two, three steps, then the next one. And this whole staircase took about five different patterns. They were all in very similar color tones. And honestly, I've never seen that done before. I've seen stair treads painted different colors or a gradation of colors, but I loved this technique. I would love to try it anywhere that I can. It was so beautiful and so rich. 
and it looked effortless. It just looked so incredible. Another place where Moroccan interiors are laden with the beautiful use of rugs. That's something that you could do with a colorful Moroccan feel or a geometric patterned feel simply as a runner in a staircase, something that people don't usually go out on a limb to do. I have such respect for the designers or the home DIYers who have the confidence to layer patterns because that's something that I think that a lot of people are fearful of. Do you have any recommendations of how to go about layering patterns? I mean, in these situations, whether it's rugs and we've talked about setting up a room and a traffic pattern with different area rugs, one larger than the next, all of this should always feel like they can live together. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're choosing, even with my trick of using numerous different linens on a bed, they just all have to feel soothing in terms of pattern and style and color that they actually live together. You know it's working when you kind of stop seeing the difference because the items are working together so well and they're creating a tone, a feel that isn't matchy-matchy, but it's, as we say in the biz, it just sings, you know, like, (laughs) oh, that's singing. Because you start to see by accident the same circle motif is in that rug and it's in that pillow and it's even in a tone-on-tone pattern in the placemat. Not that everything looks the same, but like your wardrobe in a way, you know, you can open your closet and kind of see that you're a warm toned person or a cool toned person. Same thing for your room, especially in your bedroom where you're trying to create serenity. But you can see just in the history of Moroccan rugs, how there's so many different styles and patterns and colors and sizes, but you put them down on the floor and they just all work together. Very often in contemporary design on set, we have used that as an element. And it's funny because in TV, you don't necessarily look at the floor. You know, it's just not a part of the set that's usually seen, but it can really change the richness of a set to have similar patterns and styles, but numerous rugs, one on top of another. It's something that I absolutely aspire to because I do think it's complicated. I feel that same way about fashion when I see people very successfully layer patterns. I'm like, oh, you are doing it. (laughs) It makes me feel like, wow, you just really get it. And I appreciate it. I think that that's the type of thing that our listeners should feel comfortable asking you for help with because it's something that it is sort of like a gut instinct on it. You know, like you kind of have to just feel that they do mesh together. It is. But if you give yourself a shot at this and you don't judge and you're willing to move it all around, you know, I'm, I'm really lucky because on set, I have set dressers who move it all around. And <laughs> I'll tell you, we do laugh sometimes because I would say that nine times out of 10, I come back to my original. Now, it doesn't mean that I haven't gone through 10 different versions or five different versions, but you can build up your gut instinct. And you can do that by looking on Instagram and seeing things and following people and really breaking down the photograph and seeing all the elements. 
that's a very good tip that it's not don't just like rest back and say, oh, it's just something I'm not good at. But you can hone that talent by really absorbing why pictures work on Instagram or, or on Pinterest or something. You start to see the same thing. If, you, if you're open to it, you'll see it. I feel like that's very zen, Beth. You're like, <laughs> you need to sit and you need to be open to it. Sit and then it'll and come open. into your heart. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, if you start to look further and even just do it by the numbers, what items in a room that's decorated the way you want to live is done with symmetry? Or is there no symmetry at all? Are there always matching end tables? Are there always matching lamps? Or is everything more random and different? You know, you can teach yourself that way and look at what you like and break it down and analyze it. It's so fascinating that you're talking about math when it comes to design, because I always think it's so interesting how in nature there tends to be these numbers. You know, you can find a certain amount of little bubbles on a flower equal the same thing like over here on this tree and all this kind of stuff. It's really, really fascinating that there's actually a lot of math that is out there. And it, it's really, really cool. And I, I think that that's the type of thing that why bringing nature in also has this like soothing effect, but also it kind of soothes both sides of my brain, like that part where I want things to be a certain way. And then I also want it to be kind of wild and just natural. Well, Caroline, you're certainly bringing me full circle because A, I can't even believe that I'm talking about mathematical anything on a podcast. Because (laughs) besides being really uh, good uh, budgetary wise, as I've never been over budget on a job. And for all of you aspiring set decorators, that is something that you've got to work your math as well as you can. But the other reason why this This brings me back to something that I never thought I would be talking about is the country of Pakistan. Yeah, tell me. So I did a lot of research into what's happening in Pakistan design wise, because we have a lot of listeners from Pakistan and something in Pakistan that is also something so trending in the United States right now is floral wallpaper. I mean, big, bold floral wallpaper. Some of this wallpaper, both in Pakistan and in the United States, almost looks like a blown up photo, like literally so hyper-realistic and contemporary, even if it's old cabbage roses and something that's traditional. And then there is floral wallpaper that has been so popular throughout the decades, each decade kind of having its Laura Ashley style or its pop art style, or it's more modern, completely streamlined, but still floral. Mm -hmm. That is a trend that is, I believe, never going to go away now. It's the kind of trend that, again, people can use in their powder room or on one wall. I mean, I've been seeing photo after photo of this hyper-realistic, photographic-like wallpaper of flowers on one whole room, an entire living room, with, you know, nothing but that and a couple of pieces of furniture. Because it almost expands and takes up so much of your vision that it doesn't need a lot of other things to support it. It kind of gives the space all the support it needs. It's really popular and it's cost effective. 
even all of the companies that are doing this peel and stick wallpaper, they're also including these big florals. It's also, I think, a new trend for the nursery of a baby girl. That's beautiful because that feels like something that can grow with you. Exactly. The peel and stick aspect of this wallpaper has taken that the nightmare headache out of traditional wallpaper that can feel very scary. You know, even if you're you own your home, you still feel a little nervous to put it up. But the peel and stick, I mean, you're not even really committing to this in a way where you feel like, you know, if you don't like it in a couple years or whatever, so what? Take it down. It's okay. Try it. Beth, we are almost through this international episode, and I feel like we should kind of round it out with some traditional craftsmanship, and that is going to lead us to Italy, where we've had a lot of listeners. Talk to me about some of the decorative elements that are existing in Italy right now, and and what draws us to these Italian homes? Well, there's no way that we're leaving out Italy, (laughs) because if you're watching Stanley Tucci... Yes! Oh my goodness, he's so cute! Just the best. (laughs) I I will say, relating back to my film and TV work, that I have done more than one job with Stanley Tucci, but the TV show Three Pounds that I did with him years back was one of the most incredible experiences of my career, and he is just beyond fantastic. You guys, you have to check him out on CNN's Searching for Italy. He is so adorable. I love that you got to work with him. You know, that show is an example of pure heaven, pure craftsmanship. (laughs) Everything about it is so realistic. You feel in that moment that you're right there because you are, you're just transported. Italian design is something that has always been transported this way to the United States with craftsmanship and sophistication and elegance. You know, modern Italian design is something that's very coveted, I think, you know, maybe more in big cities. But the trend in Italy right now is more in the kitchen than anything. They've come full circle, a la the United States, and their usual white kitchens are now trending towards darker colors. The use of gray tones and materials that, you know, are not bright, modern, and white, but even a little bit more towards the history and the materials that you see, the bricks and the cobblestones and those the kind marble of natural... is what comes to mind. Yeah, sure. Lots of Italian marble. And we're doing that here as well. Even with people deciding to do, you know, their base cabinets dark and their top cabinets open or white, that's yeah. a, a trend that's trending in Italy as well. And I love that because as much as that's very city and industrial, it's also very country, depending on what you do with those open shelves. Right. You, know, you can in use the stainless villa. steel, but yeah. you could use that, you know, that reclaimed wood <laughs> type, yeah. uh, type pieces. Um, that's what I have in my kitchen. I have like two reclaimed wood shelves that I put in that are just open shelving. And, and I love the look. It warms it up so much and makes it have that more, like you said, like not coming from, you know, a big box store, even though you right. can buy them there now. You can actually buy reclaimed wood <laughs> From a big box store. If you look at most websites these days, the trends are very easy to spot. There's wicker, cane. There are a lot of plants, lots of greenery. 
even in canopies for beds and things that really truly are bringing the outside in there's these spa-like colors and natural woods natural tones no matter what country no matter what style there's pieces of it elements of it that are coming together for everybody and i really encourage all the listeners to take that into account you know it just doesn't have to be a whole overhaul a whole kitchen redo a whole house redo you can just pick little areas that you want to concentrate on and make them feel better for yourself and for your family and for who's ever living working and studying together and be brave we encourage you to go check out instagram check out pinterest and get to some of these other countries you know some of the looks that they have going on because i think bringing in some morocco bring in some pakistan get some italy up in your kitchen i think that you're not going to be disappointed you're going to feel like you haven't just been trapped in your home in your little town usa like you've been able to do so much and i think that the feel that that gives you it's so like reinvigorating like especially with spring you know exactly caroline right go on a journey you know uh, please go on a journey people (laughs) stop sitting on your couch watching tv all day get on a journey on the internet i know and i'm giving myself (laughs) that same advice as i tell it to everybody else but you know that's why all these galleries and museums are taking people on a tour of the entire place so you can see art and that's why there are tv shows like with stanley taking us on a beautiful tour of food and italy you know it's out there now this is the content that people are creating and it's it's a big give to all of us and we need to take more advantage of it and then you take little steps and come the spring you'll translate it into your own homes i know i'm putting as much of it as i can on sets and that's how we're going to do it together I'm really looking forward to seeing more of your work on screen and we can follow how some of these tips and tricks are actually being used in the industry. That's so exciting, Beth. Thank you guys for listening, especially to our international listeners. We so appreciate you and we hope that we've celebrated your different design trends that are coming in your area. But please always contact Beth and let us know questions that you might have. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to Decorating the Set on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Five stars you guys it makes it easier to find for other listeners thanks so much decorating the set from hollywood to your home is a original pod clubhouse production recorded edited and produced at pod clubhouse studios for more information please visit us online at podclubhouse.com don't forget to rate review and subscribe to decorating the set at apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts thank you for listening